0: What can you do with your love of science? We'll tell you.
1: Hello, everyone,
0: and welcome back to the show for our love of science. My name is Fatu. And I'm Shakira, and we're both here for our love of science. Yes, we are. And our guest star today is David Buckholt. Hey, everyone. He has agreed to come on and share his love of science with all of us. So, David, big welcome, and thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. Yes, a great opportunity.
0: Yeah, of course. We're so happy to have you and, and speak with you. I think you're going to have some really great, um, a- amazing experiences to share with our audience today. So before we get started, though, we always talk about one of our favorite things apart from science, which is food. Let's talk about food. Science. Food's a happy maker. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. Yes. Yes. I'm like salivating one right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. It sounds delicious. I want that now. <laughs> For our little food science section, we'll talk about the last thing we ate. And since it's the morning, I guess we'll do breakfast. Or if you haven't had breakfast, if you're maybe like more of a bruncher, you could do uh, what you've had for dinner or what you anticipate eating next. So David, why don't you get us started? What 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 did you eat last? Uh, so
2: <laughs> I just had some coffee. I guess like one-third of a cup before uh, <laughs> okay. so this morning. Um, <laughs> last night before bed, I definitely had some cheesesteak wontons. And, um, <laughs> and then I had a chicken Caesar salad from uh, Marathon Grill. So uh, nice, yeah.
1: keeping it healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, 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 so healthy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so healthy. I'm, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a dad body, so I have to like <laughs> have to keep working cool. out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, it's all
2: right. <laughs> Real steak wontons—is that what you said? Yeah, it was that... cheese
1: steak wontons. Oh, uh, cheese steak! Oh, you're yeah. in Philly?
2: Yeah, I was in Philadelphia. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice yeah, cheese good. steak
0: wonton. That sounds yeah. really good. That sounds really good. Did you make those or did no, you buy them?
2: No, 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 I bought them. I was not <laughs> checking it up on Friday. Um, especially getting off of work so late, I just went and got some to eat. <laughs> nice, nice,
0: nice. That sounds really good. I also uh, my favorite type of eating is also when you do the salad and you're like, I'm getting the salad, so I get eat something less healthy to balance it out. I always like that combo. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's a a sneaky combo. You can like sneak something in there that you really, really want, something Yep.
0: Yep. As long as you got the salad, it's okay. That's right. (laughs) So I just had, and I was telling Shakira about this, um, in my town, there's this amazing bagel shop. And initially- as I was always like, everyone is just, you know, talking up these bagels. They're, they're good, but you know, whatever. So today I got there. Um, I think they open at seven, but I got there pretty early. And literally, the bagels were, like, coming out of the oven. And it was just amazing. So, got a bunch of bagels this morning. I got my favorite little bagel sandwich that they make, which is um, turkey breast, egg white, and cheese. And I had some of that on an everything bagel. And it was just everything I needed this morning. It was so good. (laughs) good. Turkey
1: breast, egg white, and cheese. Nice. I love it. It was very good. good. Very good. (laughs) What about you, Shagira? Well... I'm also a light breakfaster, like it sounds like David is, <laughs> but I do typically have a smoothie for breakfast, which I am still having, even though it's almost a little <laughs> So um, I usually just have a fruit smoothie. So this one is um, that tart cherry and raspberry one that I told you I really liked. So it's oh. the cherry, raspberries, blueberries, what else is in there, figs. And then it has these really little, like, rice looking things, but it's cauliflower rice. So oh. Oh. it's interesting. Yeah. But it tastes really good. And then I just threw some um, protein powder in there. And that usually holds me over until lunchtime pretty well. Wow.
2: That's a new recipe yeah. for me. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: good. Getting that cauliflower in there. It's yeah. yummy. It's interesting. I've never had yeah. cauliflower rice before, but I guess it's a real thing. So. I've never heard of it before today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I found that cauliflower is a surprisingly versatile vegetable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like in ways that you wouldn't expect. I've started using cauliflower a lot in my mac and cheese. Hopefully my husband doesn't hear this.
1: <laughs> it's, it's
0: a great way to make the sauce like thicker and creamier without adding more cheese. And it just mm. always comes out perfect. I'm really also very particular about mac and cheese, but that's like a, that's like a whole episode. We could talk about
2: mac and cheese for a long time. Sure. <laughs> <of service. laughs>
0: So, yeah, so definitely um, shout out to the cauliflower. I do agree with <laughs> <to> that. <laughs>
1: That's a great idea. Cauliflower, yeah, mac and cheese. Yeah. Love it.
0: All right. So why don't we go ahead and get started talking about our guest for today, David. Yeah. Um, So David, you're currently a program director at the Stemland Science Foundation. Uh, But before that, you are also a program facilitator at the University City Science Center. Mm -hmm. And even more recently, um, you'll have to also give us a little bit more information about this. You're a youth program manager at the Citizen Diplomacy International of Philadelphia. So you have got so many things going on. But <laughs> it's also exciting. It's, you know, about youth and empowering them, engaging with them, getting them excited, really inspiring them and also introducing them to science, which is you know, at least for Shakira and I, definitely for you, so um, important and something, you know, that we are so dedicated to. So to get us started, could you just tell us a little bit more about the Stemland Science Foundation? Sure. And what is the mission of this organization? Great question.
2: So the Stemland Science Foundation is a nonprofit that I co-founded with Aliyah Elijah. She is their founder and executive director our big mission was delivery of STEM curriculum and STEM activities and workshops to low-income communities. Mm. Um, the reason being is that we believe that exposure, early onset exposure, is key and instrumental in a young person picking their career path or even defining what career path they do not want to do. Um, yeah. I was really big on that as a young person. Yeah. Like I, I, t- I said no for everything. Like I do not like yeah. that. I don't want to do it. No, yeah. no, no. no. Yeah. So the Stemland Science Foundation, we founded that in two thousand and seven. Aliyah approached me and asked me to help her in the formation of a board to satisfy the nonprofit wow. requirements.
1: Can I jump in? How did you how did you meet Aaliyah? Aaliyah? Did you know her um, from before?
2: So I met Aaliyah. Oh, this is a that's a good interesting question. <laughs> I was running a radio show through W U R D called The Stimmer. Oh Road. nice. Um nice. and uh, it was with Stephanie Humphrey, who is a, a very noticeable TV personality in Philadelphia, black woman, mm-hmm. engineer, all that good stuff. And
0: cool. I was like
2: Aaliyah, you know, you're in Millersville. Your your focus is STEM education. Mm-hmm. We need to talk to you. We want you to you know come on the air, talk about your resources,
1: great.
2: how we can assist you. And the conversation was so great. I invited Aaliyah to some workshops at the Science Center. We had this Thursday oh, nice. opportunity called um, Venture Cafe. So it's a science social. This is before COVID, of course, um, Mm -hmm. science social in which, you know, young professionals can come, you know, get a little bit to drink, a little bit to eat and just socialize every Thursday for about three or four hours. Um, so Aaliyah was making awesome connections and, uh, we just kept synergy just going. Like we met weekly, we talked about her nonprofit. Mm. Um, and then she made the approach, like, listen, all that you're doing, I guess we should just make it official. How about you join the team? And, um, Mm what i said sure and then you know we were moving really slow we didn't have t-shirts or (laughs) none of this stuff like we were just uh we were meeting out of starbucks every week we were texting like so much my friends and family like who's this person like what are you you're talking. All
1: the time. <laughs> and, uh,
2: our mission has just been—it's been amazing. Just the delivery of this, these STEM resources to these underserved communities. We successfully completed our pilot program this summer with the Philadelphia Parks. And Rec. Excellent. We um, leveraged about thirty thousand dollars with them to deliver mm-hmm. one-hour workshops at thirty-two recreation centers. So. That was just awesome. Right now, our pivot is to uh, deliver academic year programming, mm-hmm. and we're seeking additional educators. Since Aliyah, mm. myself, and our board secretary are the only formal educators on the team, mm. everybody else is either an engineer, or in computer science, or graphic design. Mm-hmm. So that's our mission.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Wow. I love it.
0: That's amazing. And I just love that, you know, like when you meet the right people and you just have this sort of like energy and vibe going and, you know, where that leads, you can like create anything, right? Yes. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, um, so STEMLAND is fairly new then. So can you take us back to exactly when it started?
2: Sure. Around, I want to say October of like 2016 is when we first really, really started to lay the foundation. Mm Mm-hmm. The nonprofit became official mm-hmm. we had a board we had board meetings quarterly we had a secretary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. most of it was just all talk you know as as mm-hmm, most mm-hmm. boards do we just talked we wrote we yeah. drafted we draw designs for those who need to see it in a visual a visual light and then we started to create our website and then that Excellent. was the real the real takeoff we, we created our okay. website we launched it we did a photo shoot. Excellent. And the photo shoot was an opportunity for us to, you know, put it on our own social platforms um and then yeah. inform our personal stakeholders like, hey, this is this is what we're doing. Uh, and we had really positive reception. Like people were like, Whoa, come on down, talk to me. Like, how can I help? I want to donate laptops. Uh, I have in kind donations. Um, I have yeah. executive advice, I have board advice. So it's just been a plethora of um just great people, great synergy. Yeah.
1: Great. I love that. Um, at what point you said that recently you were finally able to get the nonprofit to become official? Can you tell me a little bit about what that means exactly? Um, so a lot of it was
2: before we actually applied for 501c3 status, a lot of it was just like, you know, talk. And in order to mm-hmm. apply for 501c3 status, we had to have a, a working board. So a board that shepherded mm-hmm. the uh, STEM Land Science Foundation. Until mm-hmm. so we had X amount of members on the board. We could do nothing but have meetings and take meeting minutes. So we were not okay. official mm-hmm. until about three years ago. So okay. um that was a lot of work because board members tend to make a commitment and then they teeter off, right? Especially mm-hmm.
1: at this level
2: of of a board commitment. If this was like a, hey, I'm much on the board of J.P. Morgan, and um, yeah. you make five hundred thousand dollars a year, and your financial commitment to the board is fifty k someone who's paying a 50K is going to be at that board meeting because you are just not going to waste your 50K, right? But I'm asking my board members for uh, like $60 a year. So like, oh, uh, wow. we're all, we're all young. Yes. Nobody has been, in my opinion, in their professional career for one employer for over 10 years. So you're okay. not firm-footed. Therefore, anybody yeah. is susceptible to getting a new job and you're more susceptible to quitting. So I need to mm-hmm. be really intentional with my request. All of that, was a whole bunch of, you know, turnover, people leaving the board, people coming back, people not yeah. um, honoring the commitment. So mm-hmm. we're a little bit more serious now. Um, mm-hmm. The team has is, is been strong for about 18 months. So I'm loving nice. it. Um, we're revising bylaws and making sure that we are uh, bringing in some fresh faces.
0: Good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Listen, hey, right? Excellent. And then can you tell us more about what kinds of programming um, STEMLAND provides? And all of this is for K through 12 students. Is that correct? Good
2: question. Um, We really try to target the middle school population just to start with. Our 2.0 vision is to target the high school population. And we really Mm -hmm. want to, when we target the high school population, we don't want to just do it to deliver programming. We want to do it to be intentional. Mm
0: -hmm. We want
2: to do it to satisfy our workforce development requirements and migrate these Mm -hmm. young people to careers. Um, mm-hmm. So if I'm going to educate a, a high schooler, I also want to employ the high schooler to have extracurricular opportunity like I did at that age to Excellent. put something on their resume, not just to say, hey, come sit down and listen to me talk for an hour. Hmm, right. No. So the middle school population is really um, our key emphasis. What do we provide? So we provide plug, unplug, and in-person activities. So when I say mm-hmm. plugged, I mean a Makey Makey is a circuitry electronics kit that you could buy on mm-hmm. Amazon for like 50 bucks. Okay. Um, nice, nice. You could go to the website and buy twelve for like eight hundred dollars. Um, hmm. But that's a plugged-in activity. I require a laptop. I require electricity. I require internet access. Um, mm-hmm. Unplugged. Let's make milk glue. Let's make slime. Hmm. Let's make magnetic slime, kinetic sand. We're gonna get into you know material science. We're going to mm-hmm. make uh, sodium alginate beads. We're gonna do a little bit of chemistry. Um, very cool. Right. So that the uh, the unplugged activities tend to be very messy. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, they are, yeah, they are yeah. a
2: little cost-effective because if you buy the materials in bulk, you could just keep delivering the program until yeah. you run out of materials. Um, Plugged-in activities are are more expensive because Makey Makey is $50 mm-hmm. a kit. Um, and mm-hmm. every young person that we deliver the kit to, shamefully to say, they think we're about to give it to them. So I have to be like, Ugh. oh, I can't give you this kit just yet, but I can tell you where you can buy it.
1: Yeah. Um, have you looked at fun um key? That's another like circuit boardy type thing. I don't know how much it costs compared to Makey Makey, but I know that New York Academy of Sciences uses funky. Oh, nice. that's odd. Thank you for sharing it.
0: Look at that. Yeah. Making more connections on the flyer. <laughs> that <laughs> that is, really that is <laughs> yeah. Cool. Excellent. All right. So you have plugged and you have unplugged programming. And then the last one was in person.
2: So. In-person programming is something mm-hmm. that we really never really had the opportunity to do. COVID court sort of just like interrupted all of that. So yes. our approach at Parks and Rec was, how do you feel about our reentry into your environments? Uh, we're vaccinated. If mm-hmm. people on our team do not want to be vaccinated, are you okay with them wearing a mask or even two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Parks and Rec was really receptive. They were like, listen, you can enter mm-hmm. the environments. There can be no more than three individuals, all students, and you must wear a mask. So that's in-person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Virtual is us utilizing Zoom, and I could deliver a workshop Ooh. in a virtual setting. That's something that we really did with the Science Center. We we packed individual kits for over a thousand students. We mm-hmm. shipped My the gosh. kits to their homes. We ensured that they were yeah. delivered. We ensured that nothing broke or was messed up. Mm-hmm. And then we had yeah. programming. So, um, yeah.
0: Nice. Wow. I love that. That's, yeah, that's really phenomenal. I guess, like, what I'm also curious about is, you know, since you really had to change things on the fly with like COVID and the pandemic and everything. What was, what was that like, yeah. you know, how hard was that? How easy was that? Um, <laughs> how quick did that happen? So you know, I, I'm
2: engaged and I had a baby in the middle of the pandemic. So, uh,
1: Congratulations. Thank you.
2: <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
2: While some people worked from home, yeah. I was in a biosafety lab three days out of a week. So uh, I was, oh, I was yeah. the only person on the team that was required to really go in. I was the closest. Mm-hmm. I was the uh incubator mm-hmm. manager. So I was responsible for all mm-hmm. technology. Um mm-hmm. and I had to like update 3D printers. I had to ship 3D mm-hmm. printers to Ohio to be serviced wow. in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting, but I felt like I learned a lot of a lot of really important tactics and um mm-hmm. methods of you know accomplishing my tasks even in the midst of like mm-hmm. turmoil. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. It wow. is, yeah excellent. Excellent. Um, and so your programming, like right now you said, is really focused on middle schoolers. Uh, Why did you, so why exactly are you targeting this age group? Good question. Um, and then you're also targeting sort of like underrepresented, um, communities in STEM. So can you also speak a little bit more to that and and why you're focusing your science programs on these specific communities? Good
2: question. Um, I think it really has something to do with our personal experiences and our personal journeys. We were inspired to tackle these, um, endeavors, these this mission at a really young age because we had that early onset exposure. Aliyah was mm-hmm. in various youth programs. I was in various youth programs at a very young age. It mm-hmm. gave me a taste of professionalism. And through our evaluation and even through like you know my other professional walks of life, I've learned that if we kind of don't get them in the middle school arena. It's hard, mm-hmm. harder to get them in the high school arena. You know, they're more mm-hmm. firm-footed. They're like, oh, well, I think I know what I want to do, and I'm going to be a little hard-headed, and I'm going to stay there. And that's that's mm-hmm. cool if you know what you want to do and your confidence is there. But mm-hmm. the middle school arena is just perfect for priming the young people for, hey, these are career opportunities. This is what yeah. a black person looks like in the field of STEM. This is what it yes. means to work in a lab. This is what it takes to be very keen to attention to detail.
0: Yeah.
2: High school, we could have these conversations and it'd be easier, but it's more or less a lecture. You know, the middle school, mm-hmm. I could come in and put a lab coat on. I could wear yeah. some ripped jeans and uh, a hoodie and they look at me like, yeah. who are you and I'm like I'm I'm your science teacher for the day and they're like whoa and I get I get their attention because they're like wait hold on you you look like me you dress like Mm -hmm. me you come from my community Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you a little bit of respect and I want to hear what you have to say Mm -hmm. and I've seen the difference between the opposite people who don't come from our communities don't look like us Mm -hmm. don't have nothing to really Mm -hmm. give to our communities to better it the young people Mm -hmm. revolt the the rogue ones they revolt Mm -hmm. they're like listen I have nothing to hear from you you don't know what mm-hmm. I'm going through. I don't even have a computer at home. I do everything off of yeah. an iPhone. Yeah. Representation is key. So that middle school demographic yeah. is just so important to us.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. I feel that, like 150%. And that's such amazing and necessary work, too. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit more about what your day-to-day is like as a program director? And also, I guess, more broadly speaking, um, what, that, what that looks like? It was so... When I
2: first started, it was rough because... I had a um I was working at the science center. I was delivering mm-hmm. similar programming. So the science okay. center was like, okay. you know, you're delivering virtual programming, in person programming, you're building kits. Mm-hmm. It's really similar to the STEM mission. Um so I had to okay. really ensure that my colleagues at the science center felt as though there was no compete agreements. I wasn't hmm. trying to, you know. Be you know mischievous or take stuff from the organization to yes. benefit my endeavors. Um, right. So it was a lot of quiet work. A lot, mm-hmm. Don't post this. Be wary of that. Don't approach this mm-hmm. person just yet. So a lot of strategy. Um, mm-hmm. to ensure that we were being respectful. Once I left the Science Center, it was mm-hmm. open season. So it was like, let's mm-hmm. post everything, post everything, <laughs> post the, the board <laughs> pictures, post titles, um, reach out to everybody. On a day-to-day, it, it's really, I'm working with two mentors who already have youth programs and they have mm-hmm. franchise youth programs in multiple different mm-hmm. states. So they're teaching mm-hmm. us their logic model. They are uh, working with us so that we can leverage CCIS So Mm -hmm. this is households that get um, governmental resources for after school programming. Mm -hmm. So if we can approach a parent and say, are you or your kid interested in STEM? We have a Mm -hmm. free program for your kid at their school and they can sign up. So as a director, of course, there's a lot of fundraising opportunities. I'm always trying to talk to someone that is in a position that mirrors minds or a position of higher statute. Um, That's just my big my big goal right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like literally still building things from the ground. Yeah. Yeah, That's really incredible. Um, and so because you've had similar positions at other organizations, do you find that your role tends to be very similar and sort of, I guess, um, your responsibilities tend to be similar across the board, regardless of like what the organization is?
2: No. Good question. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, no Mm -hmm. so at the science center i was a facilitator i was responsible Mm -hmm. for understanding their curriculum first and delivering it then designing my own curriculum and delivering it Mm -hmm. there was really limited to no managerial responsibilities i had no staff Mm -hmm. i had i had social media responsibilities i had the the satisfying the students responsibilities Mm -hmm. that's that's it pretty much the really cool Mm -hmm. part was You're in a biosafety lab. So that's just just hot every day to walk into a lab Mm -hmm. and be mm at work. Um, Through STEM land, it's really I work from home. I work in a cafe. I work at uh, a mentor's office. I'm working Mm -hmm. everywhere. I'm working all the time. And then I was really intentional with this more recent opportunity with Citizen Diplomacy. I really enjoy the fact that they take heed to the fact that I have a nonprofit. They like mm-hmm. to include my nonprofit into their proposals to better mm. my organization and help their mission. Excellent. Um, Excellent. And you don't really find that in to, in a lot of workplaces today. They're very competitive. Mm-hmm. They're very much yeah, so like, yeah. I feel like you're, you're stomping on our toes. Um, right, and they right. were the complete opposite. So I felt embraced. They, I mean, through the day to day, they're like, Hey, how's your nonprofit? What are you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm working for you right now, but you're working for me at like 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, um, that's just, that's great. That's the day to day as a program director.
0: Great, yeah. great. And um, how do you select where you set up your program? So is it just, Uh, for clarification is it all philly like local or is it pennsylvania and then like from there like how do you decide where to do these great question
2: uh it's pennsylvania right now um uh, october 1st i have an opportunity at cheney university uh speaking engagement we're just going to set up a table do an information session ideally try to recruit some young educators should be really hot um, yeah. So the Pennsylvania region, anybody who targets us or reach out to our, to our website or Instagram, you know, filling out our forms and saying, hey, we have a request for programming. This is how many students we would like to serve. This is the capacity in, in our arena. We just have a conversation. We do a couple of meetings to ensure that we're delivering their expectation, and it could be a daycare, it could be a after school program, it could be a mm. school through the School District of Philadelphia, Archdiocese, mm-hmm. or Charter.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Parks and Rec is our favorite because they're pretty much the easiest to work with right now. Um, mm. Schools are very complex right now with their reentry mm-hmm. to in person learning. Yes. So we're not really too big on bugging uh, our school right now, saying, hey, can we come and Makes deliver sense. programming? Because it's not fair. You, you haven't really battled COVID successfully yet. So um,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. that's
2: where we are. Okay, okay.
0: great, great. Um, and then what kinds of feedback have you received? You know, being sort of like a brand new nonprofit, um, I think having this like really amazing focus on your programming and what you deliver that's very unique. What have you heard from not only the um, you know, students that you work with, but like parents, teachers, and others who are involved, and, he, and just the community in general. Students ask us to come back, which is great. That's that's what <laughs> yes. we ask. Yes. Uh,
2: I had a little boy this summer cry because we were leaving. So, um, oh. as sad as that is, that is the energy that I low key want. I want. I, yeah. Like, Whoa, they did that good of a job. You're crying. Um, so
0: <laughs> I that. sorry. I
2: was like, bro. I was
0: like, I'll come back.
2: Here's my Instagram. Here's a little gif, I'm sorry, but. The reception from the yeah. students is really, really positive. The reception from the community is some, is like, hey, there's nothing like this out. So yeah. we, we need this to remain firm-footed. Um, we have a few stakeholders who, you know, city council, you know, elected officials who are grooming us and giving us resources so that we can leverage all there is to offer within Parks and Rec in the school district.
1: Excellent. With
2: respects to parents, they're trying to figure out how they can deliver this curriculum at home. So mm. we have been and works with uh, a few mentors, they're coaching us with mm-hmm. respects to the nonprofit and the for-profit arena, um, mm-hmm. and then how we should deliver something that we would like to sell. So we have designed STEM kits and sold STEM kits individually to households. In the future, I would like to design like a textbook of STEM curriculum or more or less activities yeah. that even a, yeah. a college level student could leverage and use. But more specifically, those middle and high school students could easily flip through this like n- not gruesome looking textbook with graphics and pictures <laughs> and examples, <laughs> and they can gather the materials yeah. and do experiments. So yeah,
0: nice. nice, phenomenal. That's amazing. I think that's one of the things that is so great sometimes about working in the nonprofit sector. It's like... There's so much room for creativity, right? And like what you can do. I feel like you don't always have sort of like the restrictions that you would see in other sectors to really just like do what you want, try it, yeah. you know, and, and just see how things go, which can be so freeing and, and just really so amazing. Definitely. So you, um, so you mentioned, you know, some of the challenges that you had to face, especially with the pandemic and sort of mm-hmm. turning over your programming really quickly, but also just in sort of building this organization from the ground up. What were some of the challenges and things that you learned um, just bringing this unit you know, to fruition from like, you know, these little, you know, like get togethers that you're having, um, you know, and like these like great conversations to actually something that's like physical and you have students in front of you and you're doing something, you know, yeah. what were the hardest parts of that?
2: Um, forming the board was the hardest part um, because I, I needed to form the board with the intention of empowering them to have the ability to fire me.
1: interesting that
2: was tough uh i was like you know i I know you might be really cool with me but if i do something that you don't like this is your opportunity to tell me that i am wrong um that was really really tough um how do you pick those people good question you pick a combination uh, a low combination of people who are friends and family they they will have a layer of loyalty to you to ensure that your endeavors always get not always pass, but they will be on the floor for voting. Mm-hmm. um And then the other half, you really want to be very intentional. They are not friends. They are not family. They mm-hmm. are community leaders. They are business leaders. My boss from Jeff's Human Services. I asked her to be on the board last night,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but she's a director of a a a whole nonprofit. Like I mean, second in command. So, and I'm like, not yet. I want to ask you in like six months because I don't think I'm <laughs> I don't think I'm ready. Like you're you're really high level. Uh, you
1: might fire me. <laughs> yeah, you might lay me out. So
2: that, that's what I want. She's like, she's giving me uh, advice on executive coaching. So, seeking nice, resources nice. is the hardest thing with respect to this board. Being a black man, being in education, mm-hmm. and being in uh, Philadelphia, an environment that really doesn't praise you unless you are delivering something related to entertainment. They don't care about education. Mm-hmm. So, that's the hardest thing. And then, battling just the mild racial tensions, of mm-hmm. having a nonprofit, having the, the title as, you know, program director,
1: um, mm-hmm. people
2: sometimes look at you like, wow, great job. And then sometimes people look at you like, mm, mm-hmm. what, what makes you think you're so special? So uh, mm. those are some really tough things. Um, yeah. And I've just been working with individuals who are have started businesses, started nonprofits, and, and I've gotten a taste of what they've been exposed to. And it's been the same thing, you know, shunned yeah. out from certain conversations Yeah, as a, a person of color. You know, you have to be really intentional about your uh, personality aggression and how you penetrate certain things in the workforce. <laughs> so um, we're learning Ooh. that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. It's like, how do you do that? Tiptoeing, punching, you know, it's
2: like, how do I get through? Like, I got through, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get through. uh,
2: Those are the biggest, biggest challenges. I don't even think serving the students are the challenge. Um, With respect to the students, I think that it's a triangle, right? It's the student, the household, and the academic environment academic mm-hmm. environment in Philadelphia is really, really rough. The household okay. is something that we can't truly penetrate and get into so, 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 so much. But with yes. respect to the student and the academic environment, we feel as though that we can make um, some super great change.
1: Mm-hmm Excellent, Thanks. excellent.
0: All right, and so now I think this is the one question that I was waiting for because you've been telling us so much about STEM land. So, how can we? How can the community get involved? How can we help? What is it that you guys need? Uh, uh, what can we do? Advice, um, like advice. <laughs> you no,
2: know, I think like yeah. especially for the work that you two are doing, counsel advice is always is always great. Like you have yeah. a plethora of nonprofit experience from a high level. Right now, I'm looking to form just a committee that we can, like, you know, address certain questions to. I would like to have a lawyer on this committee, mm-hmm. and I figured it's smarter to frame it as a committee more or less than asking them to join a board because a board has a financial mm-hmm. uh, commitment to it. There's a yes. meeting commitment to it. Um, yes, I know a lawyer who is very busy, but he he would answer questions if we delivered them mm-hmm. a certain way. So a, a committee mm-hmm. would be super easy. Yeah, I think just. Getting the name STEMland out there is number two, a big thing Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. We don't have the resources of a larger nonprofit to be able to leverage Mm -hmm. paying for online promotions or buying a billboard. It's really friend-to-friend, mouth-to-mouth, You know, just, hey, this is what is going on in your community. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is we are seeking more educators. We need Mm -hmm. more educators, Mm -hmm. educators that look like us, educators Mm -hmm. that have no problem walking into a recreation center and delivering programming.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, those are our big objectives right now.
0: Nice. Excellent. All right. So we hear you, David. So, you. for our audience, too, you know, um we'll definitely have some information for you for how you can contact David and get involved with Stemland. And definitely, you know, we'll have to follow up with you a few years down the line when StimLand is all over the East Coast. Oh, I
1: love
2: it.
0: I can see it. Now. Redden, it's a household name the shirts are everywhere yes. the students know it we're going to speak into existence so it happens <laughs> love it. It, love it. yes we have to we have to shakira do you have any additional questions
1: sure sure so do you have a platform where people can apply to become educators and be involved yes. and things like that so
2: maybe stemlandscience.org stemlandscience.org
0: Cool. And we'll post that in the show notes as
2: awesome. well. Yeah. Um, you can subscribe to the newsletter. Okay. And super also, if you scroll down and you look at our available programmings, you can see our science workshop, our coding workshop, and then mm-hmm. our STEM workshops.
1: And mm-hmm. you know, if you
2: scroll all the way to the bottom, you can request a workshop. Um, ah, sometimes okay. these workshops are different from what we have just written one to three proposed. So mm-hmm. we like to have an information session with anybody that's interested and then mm-hmm. show them what we're capable of delivering and letting them pick mm-hmm. for whatever environment is for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so how um, soon or quickly do they have to get in contact with you? So what does, like, if I needed a workshop next week, is that reasonable? Um,
2: that's, or that's pretty rough. <laughs> we typically ask for like a two-week window, and that's a great question. Okay. Penny reached out okay. um, just last week, and they requested us October 1st. So they gave us about a three-week okay. window. Uh, I had someone on our board that you know had free time on, at work so they were like hey I could be there to have a physical presence so okay. a two-week window is pretty much all we need to deliver a workshop excellent we're really really big on the outer school time but if someone needed us to yeah. come during the academic time we could find yeah. the room to make it happen
0: great yeah. perfect yeah great great well thank you so much David it's really a pleasure speaking
1: with you yeah Lisa. thank you thank you thank you both We hope that you enjoyed this episode of For Our Love of Science. Please join us next time to hear more about David's journey. Until next time.